so there's this movement going around discussing the importance of mindful or intuitive eating and it's the idea that your body just tells you what you're hungry for do you think that's possible let's talk this is zach cordell registered dietitian and host for the latter-day saint nutritionist where food faith and science meet This podcast is not intended to be individualized medical advice. As always, please consult with a medical professional in your area to make sure that your medical history is taken into account to make sure that you get the best care possible. Before we jump into it, I just wanted to let you all know that I have a YouTube channel uh, where you can get more nutrition information and education. So just check that out at Zach Cordell on YouTube to see what you've been missing out about your single friends or dads in the kitchen or what you need to know before buying organic or even just some good old food advertising tricks. So let's go ahead and jump into this. Today, we're going to talk about mindful eating and intuitive eating. And this is actually a recommendation from a listener someone who had requested this topic. Now, in the scriptures, we talk about how the mortal man is an enemy to God and how we need to tame those mortal appetites. And if you go into the Bible dictionary, it refers you to the carnal mind, food, lust, sensuality, temptation, or the word of wisdom. And so appetites are a part of mortality. We all understand that. But I think in terms of nutrition, we need to define what appetite truly means. Now, when we're thinking about eating foods, there are typically two different driving factors. There's hunger, and then there's appetite. Hunger is going to be your own physiological desire, the body response of needing to eat. Your stomach is empty. You have not eaten in hours. You need that fuel for your body to continue to work. So hunger is important. Now, appetite, on the other hand, is going to be the driving force of the psychological side. Now, it's not required of you to crave it, but it's more so that you want it and you want it now. You know, Veruca Salt. Now, now this could be related to simply eating what's in front of you despite being full just because it's available. It isn't the drive to eat because you need to survive. It's driven more so by desire and want. So in terms of appetite and nutrition, we're talking about like what are the cravings that you have? What is the psychological desire that you have to eat? Whereas hunger is going to be related to what do you need to eat to stay alive, to continue your body's normal functions so that your brain will function, you can do what you need to do. So in terms of controlling your desires driven by want or appetite, I can completely understand that. Whether it's in lust or cravings or temptation, we need to be able to exercise self-control. But what is mindful eating and what is intuitive eating? Now, if you've ever heard of these things, a lot of times people are just going to talk about it in the terms of you just eat what you want when you're hungry and then you stop when you're full and no food's off limits. That's a very generalized way of thinking of it. But these are actually two different things that most people kind of like use interchangeably. Mindful eating is the idea that you're present when you are eating your food. So we're going to do a quick little exercise here. 
And I need you to pay attention now so that you're actually putting this into practice because I'm asking you to do something. I'm going to give you this imaginary Hershey kiss right now. I've placed it in your hand and you can see it. It's the perfect kiss drop shape still in its foil. And before you unwrap it, you got to take a look at it. And you want to think, are there any things that this shape reminds me of? Is there anything that this foil reminds me of? Maybe it's like you always had Hershey Kisses at Grandma's house. Maybe you always see those shapes and you think of the commercial where they're jingle bells. Maybe you think of the foil and you're like, ah, camping and tinfoil dinners, those were the best things ever. Or I remember I had the tinfoil dinner once and it was the worst thing ever. Now, before you eat this, you want to take it and smell it. So you would smell this Hershey Kiss. And this Hershey Kiss might have a little bit of a chocolatey smell, might have a little bit of a chemical smell, plasticky smell, grainy smell, dirt smell, depending on what your association is with Hershey Kisses. Some of you love Hershey Kisses and some of you hate those things. They just taste like dirt because you've had European chocolate. So you've looked at the foil, you've opened it and smelled it, now, before you can take a bite of it, you want to put that in your mouth and just kind of let it sit there. And what does it feel like in your mouth? What does it taste like? Start to melt a little bit, and then you can eat it. This is the idea behind mindful eating, is that whenever you are eating, you are mindful about what you're eating. You're present, you're in the moment, you're enjoying it, you're maybe not enjoying it. But you're taking the time to think about what it is that you like or dislike about this. You don't have to do this all the time, but the idea of eating without distractions, whether that's the TV or whether that's the family or whether that's the football game or whether that's any number of distractions, including driving somewhere, these distractions can cause you to eat mindlessly. So again, like I said, you don't have to do this with all of your foods, but if you do it every once in a while, you eat like a silent food critic, then it can help you realize what it is you like or dislike about your food. I think a lot of us have run into the situation where you're eating something and you go halfway through and you uh, realize that it doesn't taste good and you don't even like it. And you think to yourself, why am I eating this? But you're not a quitter. So you finish it off. But whenever you eat like a food critic, you can start to realize, do you like the crunch? Do you like the environment? Does it bring up a memory of whenever you went on an anniversary trip? Is it the savory, salty, bitter taste of this? Is it the umami? Is it because of who made this thing for you? So whenever you are taking the time to think about the foods that you're consuming, you're being mindful and you're being aware of what is there. It's kind of like whenever you say prayers and you just kind of like say your prayer and then you get up and run away and you're like, okay, he's going to answer it somehow, but I don't have time to listen. It's the same application, just a different scenario. You're going to take time to appreciate what it is that you're eating. And this is the idea behind mindful eating. You're more likely to overeat when you're not paying attention or eating mindlessly playing video games, reading, driving, like I said, watching a game. If there's just chips and salsa in front of you and you're chatting with your friends, you're more likely to overeat. Hey, 
Are you listening to me? <laughs> so this is a perfect example. The music comes on. You're like, oh, there's going to be a break right now. So I'm just going to kind of veg out and not pay attention. <laughs> Mindlessly listening. So that's what mindful eating is. The next big part is intuitive eating. And we'll talk about that right after this break. Now, with the start of the new year, you've had your New Year's resolution, you have made changes in your life. If you appreciate the faith-based approach and feel like it is helpful, I've written a couple of books that are available on Amazon. There's a link in the show notes, and you could pick up either the creation code or 40 days. And those are faith-based behavior change books that are there to encourage you to ponder and think about what it is that you're doing to ensure that you are establishing the health in your life that you would like. And if you're interested in what other projects I'm working on, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash Zach Cordell to join a part and be a patron to help me be able to focus on continuing to create content for you all. <laughs> Who am I kidding? I'm from the South. Creating content for y'all. But let's go ahead and get back to it. We've talked about mindful eating. Now let's talk about intuitive eating. So I've mentioned how with mindful eating, it's being present whenever you're eating food. Intuitive eating is going to incorporate some principles of mindful eating, but it's a little bit different. So with intuitive eating, it's the idea that you're going to eat when you're hungry and you're going to eat what you want, when you want, and you're going to stop when you're full. For most people, they're really good at two of those things. They eat when they're hungry and they eat what they want. But the stopping part might be a little bit more difficult. So let's explore this for a minute. And again, looking at it through the lens of faith. If you're eating what you want, then you're not going to necessarily feel deprived because you don't get to eat what you want. So mentally, you're going to be in a better spot. Now, unless you're a vegan or a vegetarian or you're stuck in a food jag, it's not really likely that you're going to become deficient in a nutrient unless you're genetically predisposed to. You're going to be getting to eat what you want, so you like it, you enjoy your food, and so you're less likely to feel like you're having to restrict yourself or be good or lose weight or you're not focusing on these foods and where they're going to end up on your body when you eat them. You know, like the cake, it goes right to the hips or you, the donuts go straight to the thighs. They're not worried about those things because they're eating when they're hungry, they're enjoying the food that they're eating, and then they're stopping whenever they're full because they're honoring their hunger and satiety cues, like we've talked about earlier in this podcast. It's much like the abundance mentality. When you think there's enough to go around, you don't hide it and feel guilty about it because you can get more whenever you want. Now, in the diet world, you're told that you need to restrict. You got to stop eating it and you can't have that. You can't even eat this if you want to be healthy. One of the most freeing parts of intuitive eating is the fact that you can trust yourself where you can eat what you want. Another thing that's nice is that you realize that your body is not out to get you. 
Now, one of the downfalls of intuitive eating is that we all have memories and experiences with foods that come into play. So that means that whenever you see that vanilla milkshake, you think, oh, I remember being at home and we would make homemade ice cream and it was the best thing ever. Or whenever you see that key lime pie, you think about that time you went to the Florida Keys with your spouse and you had the best vacation ever and they had that key lime pie on a stick. Or whenever you have that pasta, there's going to be encouraging you to think about that time that you served your mission in Italy and they just had the best pasta that you've ever eaten in your life and you're trying to learn how to make it and pasta is life and so you just can't give that up. So you have to work through it. It's not just something where you say, you know what, I'm just going to eat intuitively from now on. It's a, a tool that you're going to work on. Another problem or barrier that comes along with intuitive eating is the bliss point. Now, the bliss point is going to be best described with Cool Ranch Doritos. If you've ever had Cool Ranch Doritos, you know that there's a lot of flavor packed into those little chips. And maybe this should be a mindful eating activity because I know you can all like taste it right now. But with that, you take the chip, you eat a chip, and you're like, oh my gosh, that was delicious. That was so good. And then you reach back into the bag and you get another one. You're like, oh man, whew, yes, I love these things. This is childhood wrapped in a little triangle of bliss. But if you've ever had the knockoff Doritos, you know, the Cool Ranch ones, you eat it. And then you eat it and you're like, okay, this is all right. And then you get one and there's just like a little too much flavor placed on that chip and you, you can't go back. You're like, yeah, I've eaten enough. It's almost a snap back to reality where you're thinking, I've eaten a lot of chips and I probably should stop now. Now, the bliss point is the idea that different food companies are engineering food, which is true. There are food scientists that their job is to figure out how much flavor somebody can handle that they will enjoy it and keep coming back to it. Whereas some of the knockoff brands may not be putting that same amount of effort and work into establishing whether or not somebody's going to keep coming back. So that's why you can eat a whole bag of chips and like you're not overpowered by the flavor because the idea is the bliss point. So those can be some of the, the difficulties that you're going to face whenever you're looking at intuitive eating. If you take this in as a gospel approach, where we're supposed to put off the natural man, how would you approach the idea that you can listen to your body and allow yourself to eat? And one way that you could look at this would be the realization that we are a soul, right? We have a body and a spirit. And if you think about both of these things, we're here in mortality to be able to learn how to work with the body that we are given, but also to be able to control its appetites or its cravings. And so with intuitive eating, it's not necessarily craving. It's what am I going to use to provide fuel for my body in order to do the things that I need to do. A lot of the times cravings come whenever we feel like we can't have something. For instance, if your New Year's resolution was to never eat sugar again, then for a little while, you might have only been craving sugar, and it would have been really bad. If you've ever talked to a psychiatrist or a psychologist, they'll give you the, the purple elephant example of don't think about a purple elephant for the next minute, okay? We're going to talk about anything else, but just don't think about the purple elephant. And you continue to think about that purple elephant for a whole minute because you're not supposed to. And the same thing happens with dieting. 
So if you're not supposed to eat chocolate cake or if you're not supposed to enjoy food or if you're only supposed to eat food that is going to be high in fiber or any number of restrictions that we place upon ourselves, then that makes us crave those items. If you make it so that your relationship with food is normal, you're not chasing any foods, you're not running away from any foods, it's just food, and you can eat whatever you want whenever you want, then the cravings could diminish. So is it wrong to trust our bodies? Is it wrong to listen to our bodies? Is it wrong to kind of check in with yourself to realize, hey, maybe I should eat this, or maybe I can eat this and it's okay? With the wellness industry being as big as it is, the idea is to help you to feel less comfortable with who you are and to doubt your worth and to feel like you need to change everything about you in order to be worthy of X, Y, and Z. You fill in the blank. But that's not God's plan either, right? So there needs to be a balance of recognizing that you are enough, that your body is a gift, that it's not the enemy, but that there are going to be times where we face temptations or moral decisions that we have to make. And that's different than just being hungry. You have physical needs that need to be met in order to keep you able to survive. And if you hadn't thought about this, check out this little nugget. Whenever you fast, you're giving up all food. And that food is essential for your body to be able to work. You know, the body that you are blessed with. The body that Christ sacrificed himself for so that you could be resurrected and receive a perfect body, right? So you've been given this body and now... You're giving up food that is going to allow you to sustain your life, but then you're given bread and water, the staff of life, in order to renew a covenant that you have made previously. So the body's not all bad. Now, if you want to try out one of these tactics with your families, I would recommend you could do the blind man's challenge. All right. What this means is that you're going to have a blind meal, and a blind meal is going to be that you put on blindfolds onto you or your spouse or your kids and you don't allow them to eat food <laughs> themselves they still got to eat right so they're sitting at the kitchen table they're eating this food that maybe one of their siblings is feeding to them and they have to determine if they like this or not they have to think about the taste they have to think about the texture they have to think about the smell they have to think about the mouthfeel is it gooey is it crunchy is it kind of like mushy? You know, use this to help them to explore what it is that they like about different foods. And hit me up on social media whenever you try it out. I'd love to see what happens. But thank you all for listening. I hope you've been having a wonderful new year. Remember to check out Zach Cordell on YouTube to see what you've been missing out on. And if you're liking the content and would like to check out the Patreon, it is www.patreon.com forward slash Zach Cordell. And that link will be in the bottom. Until next time, eat on, enjoy your life, and enjoy your health.